Good stuff going on at the Wyndham. This is going to be a fun weekend. Uh, some cool stuff to talk about, so let's jump right in. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. A first day of the Wyndham and some crazy good scores going on for sure. A couple fun things to do. I don't know if, if you're doing this, but they are actually giving us live projected updates um, as they're going on. It's been really fun to kind of stay on that and see what it, you know, kind of see what's going on there. I definitely recommend that. It's uh, It can be found, if you go to the PGA Tour website, it can be found under, I think it's projected standings. I'm trying to see here what this is. Uh, yeah, projected. If you go to pgatour.com forward slash FedEx Cup forward slash projected dash standings dot HTML, it's right there. It's awesome to watch. It's got everybody playing and what's happening to their ranking. So like um, Sun Guy M has gone up 16 spots, right? And so you can kind of go down and kind of look to see who's moving up, who's moving down. Uh, just a couple. Jordan Spieth is up six spots. So there you go. You've got Patrick Rogers up 21 spots. Officially, he's at 96, but he's projected 71st. So kind of cool to just go down and and as scores change and when they get a bogey or whatever, it kind of bumps people up and down. Super fascinating to watch, especially when you get down to like, you know, the 125 go into uh, the Northern Trust, obviously, in the playoffs. But I mean, even getting down to those that, uh, you know, are probably going to get, you know, not play the rest of the year and and then have to worry about, you know, where they're going to play next year. So kind of fun to look at that. So definitely do that. Also, as far as the tournament itself goes, some good play, right? So you've got some guys that are really fighting, kind of shaking off the, the um, pressure, I guess, of not being in that. I mean, Jordan Spieth throwing down a 64. Um, he made a couple of clutch putts. Some, I mean, that one for bogey was, I mean, I, that was, uh, that was brilliant, right? To be able to rely on your, your putter like that is, uh, truly amazing. And he did. So it should have been a double, but then goes, I mean, it's crazy, right? If you look at his back nine, it goes bogey and then birdie, birdie, eagle, par, birdie, and then bogey's 18, which was, but then that's six under 64 just puts him a couple strokes out of the lead and he needs to do that. To move up there. So anyway, I, I wanted to, this is something that kind of the topic for today is really about Brooks Kepka. Obviously he's the number one player in the world. He's been playing super well. He dominated basically Rory for the win at the WGC, but there was a funny, I mean, this meme is kind of old, but a cousin of mine sent it to me where it talks about how Brooks Kepka kind of finds golf boring. It was really after his win in 2017 at the uh, U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, where they were interviewing him. And again, at this particular point, I don't think Brooks was necessarily as savvy as he is now. He's learned a lot over the course of the last two years about being in the public eye and how to be 
um, interviewed and how to say things that are um, a little more quotable, but um, but not you know freak people out as much. And I think one of the things that he did here was talking about how golf was boring and um, how he wishes he would have stayed. Uh, one of the quotes was um, quoted here: "If I could do it, if I could do it over again, I'd play baseball 100%, no doubt." Right? That's what his statement is now. This was after his first major win. Now that he's won more, maybe he feels like this is more of his golf is more of his calling than it used to be. He definitely is way more interested in majors than he is otherwise. And maybe that's getting his attention. But one of the things that I mentioned to um, my cousin, and it's the topic that I wanted to kind of touch on really quickly, is that Brooks Kepka, in a way, when he talks about golf being... Um, you know, sort of boring. Um, in 2005, um, this is what Brooks Kepka said. To be honest, I'm not a big golf nerd. Golf is kind of boring, not much action. I come from a baseball family and it's in my blood. Okay. So that were, that's kind of what Brooks Kepka was talking about. And when you then think about how he plays golf, how he's able to focus for the majors, how he's able to get himself around and not seem to be too, oh, not, he's definitely interested, but not like the moment's never too big for him. And I talked a little bit about how nervous and stuff some people can feel when they're playing golf and the pressure and all that that we can feel. That doesn't seem to bother Brooks very much. And, and that has a lot to do with, well, at least I believe it has a lot to do with his ability to play well under pressure because he really doesn't care that much. Golf isn't probably as important to him as um, it is maybe to even some of us listening to this podcast. Like when I was in that club championship in that moment, that was the most important thing in the world to me at that particular moment. But if Brooks really feels like, and that's why the pressure builds, but if Brooke really, Brooks really feels like he wish he was, a, he wish he was, he wishes he was a baseball player and not a golfer, then that is a huge advantage mentally for him. He can disengage. It doesn't matter if he's not a really good golfer. And, and it, if it doesn't matter to him, him that he's a great golfer, then he is actually at an advantage playing golf. So some of the um, the discussions that we've had most recently obviously been inspired by that the podcast that we had with uh, an interview we had with Fred Shoemaker. But one of the things that we talk about in order to play your best golf, you have to disassociate yourself with the outcome of a particular shot that you can only be super fascinated and interested in whatever the swing was, whatever you were present to or paying attention to, that should be your main focus. The outcome of the shot should be essentially not important at all. And in that particular mindset, you can play your best golf. You can play most naturally, most uh, relaxed. You can play without pressure. None of that. It's when we allow the moment to get too big. And Fred talked a little bit about um, the Ryder Cup individual who isn't the Fred great? He won't drop names ever. Isn't that fascinating? I drop Fred Shoemaker's name all the time, but uh, he won't use the guy's name. I know the guy's name, but in honor of Fred Shoemaker, I will not drop the name. But um, this Ryder Cup 
uh, eventual captain who won, who also made the winning putt in this particular Ryder Cup. That's even just with those two pieces of information, you can go figure it out for yourself. Um, and he's also said some really nice things about Fred that have been quoted. Right. So that's another way to figure out who we're talking about. But um, that he talked that the moment got too big for him. And so he had to come up with something else. When the moment gets too big for you and you're too interested in the outcome, then your mind starts to do horrible things and tries to take control of your golf swing, of the experience, of, you know, everything. You go into fight or flight and all of a sudden you're thinking about everything. And the conscious mind is a disastrous golfer, a horrible golfer. It's when you disassociate yourself from uh, being, you know, that the outcome is so important, that the moment is so big, that winning this thing would mean this, and losing this thing would mean I lose my job. When we get into that place and we're consciously thinking about it and worrying about it and wondering about it, that's when we play really bad golf. You have to get to a place where you're completely not interested. In the outcome. And I think that is one of the huge advantages of being Brooks Kepka. That somehow or another, because he was raised in a baseball family where baseball was the most important thing, and now he's become some kind of a family disappointment because he plays golf. I don't know. His dad seems to be pretty interested in uh, Brooks' success. And in fact, I saw a quote recently that Brooks' dad beat him in a round of golf. So Brooks' dad seems to be okay with, with golf and quite proficient if he can beat his son, um, two-time, uh, P- two-time PGA and U.S. Open winner, if he can still take his son out. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine how many strokes he gives, but whatever, that's beside the point. But if Brooks was raised believing that if you're not a baseball player, it doesn't really matter much, and that's what he believes, that's his core belief, what an advantage going out and playing golf. It doesn't matter. Um, the fact that I'm not an excellent baseball player means that I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not all that I could have been. And golf is just whatever. It's just something I started to do because I happen to be good at it. But it's not something I'm passionate about or very, you know, interested in. I find it kind of boring. What a, that is a great mindset. What a huge advantage to play golf with that mindset. How odd, right? That that's kind of what we're after. We're trying to teach ourselves. So Brooks has gone about it a very strange way. He's sort of backed in to the right mental place you need to be in order to play your best golf. And we're fighting like crazy to try to make golf and the importance of golf and the importance of a good golf swing and scoring low and hitting it, you know, splitting the fairway and and making a 20-footer. We are so interested and find that to be so important that it makes the moment sometimes too big for us. And, and our conscious mind takes over and we play worse golf. Fascinating, right? Where we would be better off being more like Brooks and saying, eh, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't really care where this, this uh, shot goes. I'm much more interested in, you know, what I'm working on or what I'm feeling or what's going on here with me. I'm present to this. I want to be aware with this, where the ball goes, whatever. What I shoot, whatever. Um, if so-and-so beats me, whatever, if I win this tournament, whatever, uh, I'm more interested in, you know, my experience here with what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to feel or what I'm trying to be, uh, you know, paying attention to, or where I'm trying to build my awareness. If, if that's what we're interested in and we don't care about the result of the shot, the tournament, uh, the guy we're playing, 
you know, whether we split the fairway or not, none of that, then we play our best golf. Isn't that weird? Golf is so odd that way. Anyway, I was just sort of fascinated by when I received the meme from my cousin and thought about it, we had a kind of a quick exchange about it, that Brooks Kepka in a very odd, um, I guess, serendipitous way, uh, being raised in a family that were baseball fans and he felt like golf was kind of boring and not that great. And he happens to be super, super good at it. Part of it is because I believe mentally he is in a better place to play really good golf because he just doesn't care that much. But he got there a very different way that all of us are trying to get there. We're trying to, you know, do it a different way. He's got there, wow, in a very unconventional way, but it's fascinating. So thought that was cool. Hope that you enjoy the weekend. I uh, will do a little recap in the morning uh, live on Instagram if you want to follow me there, probably around 8, 9 o'clock before they get teed up and get going. And uh, and then we'll have a great day of golf again and hopefully have another discussion I really noticed some really, I, I noticed some, some super cool stuff with, with, uh, with Colin Motikawa and, um, Derek Fox playing together today. Or Derek Wolf. I keep saying Fox. It's Wolf. I don't know why I have a problem with that, but some sort of a furry dog looking animal. But anyway, we'll have a good discussion on, uh, Mr. Motikawa and Mr. Wolf tomorrow. They're two swings, why they're different. Um, and, and what probably, um, is going to be their futures because of those two swings. It will be a good discussion. So till then, Aaron Stewart saying thank you for joining me. Please remember, better data always means better golf. Enjoy it out there. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.